Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Dustin Hufford, SVP and CIO at Cooper University Healthcare, an academic medical center located in Camden, New Jersey. In part two, Hufford talks about how they've been able to retain top talent by being transparent and flexible, why he's so grateful for having served as CIO at a small community hospital, and what he learned from going through the M&A process. You you talked about wanting to strengthen the staffing, and obviously that's been, that is a huge issue across the board. And how are you guys approaching that just as far as trying to recruit and, and hold on to people? couple things. Uh, one is treat our staff like the professionals they are, right? So not micromanaging, empowering them to make decisions, and then using rounding pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, I meet with every person on our team, larger groups, but a, a session for an hour where I meet with subsections of our team and go over our strategy, make sure they understand sort of where we're at, and give them a chance to hit me with tough questions, right? And I answer them or I get them an answer in short order to make sure that they're comfortable with the things that we're doing in our world. So engaging them as much as possible and keep our engagement scores up as much as possible has helped a lot. So it's kept our turnover rate pretty low. Uh, I would say that our first year turnover rate, like for the people that turned over within the first year of employment was a little higher last year, just because a lot of people are, I think, just shifting around in the market, trying to figure out what works for them, yeah. whether it's consulting or you know full-time employment or, or whatever. But our staff retention for people that have been here longer than a year has been extremely tight. So we've kept it at a very low number of turnover staff. And I think the other pillar to that outside of engagement is the remote work piece. So we were going to bring people back and we, we got a, <laughs> a pretty strong response from our staff that, you know, this is not the way the world's working and we, we need something a little more flexible. Right. Um, so we listened and we decided that we were going to keep the majority of our staff that can work from home at home. And that's helped a lot because I think a lot of the, at least health systems in the region uh, or even nationally keep standing on the fence, right? Like, well, we yeah. might come back or we might come back three days a week. We might come back the way we were, maybe not at all, but we haven't clearly communicated that yet. And I think yeah. that's been to our advantage to communicate clearly that we're keeping uh, the remote work function in place. And we're also hiring outside the region. I've heard different opinions on that, but we've found that it's been working pretty well And the people that we're finding out of state or out of the region have been very productive and integrated well. You just have to have a really strong onboarding process to make sure that they get to meet everybody and hopefully get them on site at least once or twice that first year just to see people in person and get to know the team. But it's worked out well. So obviously that broadens our horizons in terms of how fast we can fill positions. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously the area where you are is going to be competitive. You're close to Philly, you have New York isn't even that far, so I would think that it does help being able to offer the flexibility that that's a, that's a selling point. Correct. Yes, and we're competing with salaries from the Philadelphia market. Yeah. So that's where engagement's really important. We might not be able to always beat them on salary, but the good word of mouth and just taking care of our people has helped at least over this rough period over the last year and a half, two years. Yeah, sure. That that makes a difference. So you've been with Cooper since 2015, correct? Correct, yeah. Started as AVP of IT applications. So you were in that role for a few years and then stepped into the interim CIO role. How was that as far as uh, taking that step? Um, I had been a CIO previously, albeit a smaller organization. So I was excited to get back in the role because I think it fits me well. So 
So I was, I was very excited <laughs> yeah. when the opportunity came up. I was in the interim role for probably eight eight months or so. It took a while to do the search. Our board was very engaged in the process because they wanted to make sure uh, they got the right person because of sort of everything going on in the cybersecurity world and sort of where we were coming from because we had some rough patches from an IT perspective in terms of stability and some rocky implementation. So they just really wanted to pause and make sure they did a thorough search and retain some outside help to make sure the, the vetting was done properly. And in the end, it worked out. So, um, so yeah, I was very happy to take the full-time role once that process concluded. And yeah, that was end of 2019, right? So I had all these plans of like, okay, if I get this, we're going to jump right into strategy development and, and engage an external firm to help us conduct that strategy review and socialize it and all that fun stuff. And then, you know, obviously the, <laughs> the right. pandemic took off in February following my uh, acceptance of the CIO role. So, but all good because um, a lot of interesting challenges came out of that and definitely a team building event with IT. A lot of interesting stuff to, to work on over the last two years to, to help out. So. Yeah. And even though, you know, you're faced with this enormous challenge, I would imagine it helped somewhat that you you were familiar with the organization, you had already been there. So at least that was probably better than stepping into a completely new organization. Yeah, that would have been a lot more challenging. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. So you had held the CIO role, as you said, at a smaller organization, but then, you know, between that experience and being with ProMedica and working with Revenue Cycle, it seems like you were able to get a good variety of experience and kind of work your way up to the role, which I would think has benefited you. Yeah, I mean, being CIO of a small community hospital, it was definitely a great experience, right? Because it's a small team. You really got to get your hands into everything, right? So you gain sort of deep, <laughs> deep yeah. knowledge in all the different IT domains, right? And that was still coming off of 2009 legislation, encouraging and then requiring the use of electronic medical records and CPOE and uh, all that good stuff. So, you know, I had to put together a plan basically to, to meet all those objectives for meaningful use uh, and refresh their entire architecture. So a lot of working with third-party vendors to accomplish all those goals and the negotiations there and managing those sort of large-scale projects. So we met all the objectives for meaningful use and then Memorial decided to join ProMedica. We were sort of wrapping up that large-scale project that sort of overhauled the entire IT infrastructure. Um, okay. So then we joined ProMedica, and then I got lucky in a sense that they were system shopping. Uh, they were a McKesson Horizon customer, and that was right around the time where McKesson made the announcement that they were no longer going to support Horizon products long-term and that they, were, they wanted customers to move to Paragon. So interestingly enough, you know, Memorial was a Paragon customer. So like we're coming into the system and they're like, oh, well, you have Paragon. So let's take a look at this thing and see if it can work for a large multi-hospital system like ProMedica. And ultimately we determined that it really wasn't geared towards multi-hospital. I think there was only two systems that were actually running it in that capacity. Otherwise it was all single facility community hospitals. Yeah. Um, so we ended up choosing Epic just within a few months after I got in, I, like we had already been talking to them for a while because when you go through those processes around joining a large health system, there's all the typical merger and acquisition work where they have to really evaluate the finances and operations to, to make a decision. So that process took about a year. So I had already gotten to know a lot of the IT folks from Prometica and um, some of their executives and, um, and really helped bring Memorial into the system once, once that deal closed, both culturally and technically. 
good experience as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing so many different paths right now to the CIO role and the different ways of getting there have their advantages and disadvantages, but getting to really be part of different parts of the organization and different initiatives really seems like it's a, it's a good background. Yeah. Now we have the rise of the chief digital officer role, which is interesting. Yeah. I don't know what you're seeing out there, but I've, I've seen quite a few models on that as well, including ones where the chief digital officer is completely outside of IT. Right. Um, just interesting. I don't know. I, we've kept digital within IT, but tried to, again, through the operating model and just different techniques, embrace what would come from a separate chief digital officer, right, which is really just a tight partnership with <laughs> you know, business operations. Um, yeah. So far, that's been working out pretty well. Yeah. I think that's about what I wanted to ask. I can always talk to you more, but um, in the interest of time, we can uh, we can wrap up, but really appreciate it. I'm glad. I feel like we got to talk about a, a, a range of topics. So thanks so much. No problem. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.